Hello, my friends, and uh, welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be the uh, start of Holy Week, uh, Palm Sunday readings. We're going to do the readings for Palm Sunday. So I'm going to read the opening here. Um, this is from Thomas Aquinas uh, for the start of Holy Week, Palm Sunday. We proclaim Christ crucified, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23 to 24. Why did the Son of God have to suffer for us? His passion is a remedy for sin, for in the face of all the evils which we incur on account of our sins, we have found relief through the passion of Christ. Yet, it is no less an example for the passion of Christ complete, completely suffices to fashion our lives. Whoever wishes to live perfectly should do nothing but disdain what Christ disdained on the cross and desire what he desired, for the cross exemplifies every virtue. If you seek the example of love, Greater have than greater love than this no one has than to lay down his life for his friends. Such a man was Christ on the cross, and if he gives his life for us, then it should not be difficult to bear whatever hardships arise for his sake. Saint Thomas Aquinas. Whoever wishes. To live per perfectly should do nothing but disdain what Christ disdains on the cross and desire what he desires, for the cross exemplifies every virtue. If you seek the exam example of love, greater love than this no one has, than to lay down his life for his friends. Such a man was Jesus Christ. So... This is a very good uh, something we need to we need to really work on because we're going through we're going through a lot a lot you know um, unfortunately um, a lot now with with so many different um, leaders in the church that don't seem that seem to have embraced the spirit of the world we need. We need to embrace Christ. We need to embrace the gospel. We need to embrace the passion of Christ. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say, I'm going to admit it. This the Lent was not, was not successful for me, unfortunately. It's very difficult, you know, with uh, going to work. And I mean, maybe I'm, my complaints are just that of a baby, but it's not easy. It's not easy. And I think the problem is we, we need to live the gospel fully. So, Let's begin, all right, in the name of the God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I'm going to start with um, a little bit with the readings, what the priest might say. Um, let me here. let me read here a little bit. Um, okay, on this day, the church recalls the entrance of Christ the Lord into Jerusalem to accomplish his Paschal mystery, his Passover mystery. According to the memorial of this entrance, 
of the Lord takes place at all masses by means of the procession or the solemn entrance before the principal mass or the simple entrance before other masses. The solemn entrance, but not uh, the procession, may be repeated before other masses that are usually celebrated with large gathering of people. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll skip that part, but let's go here. Dear brethren, since the beginning of Lent until now, we have prepared our hearts by penance and charitable works. Today, we gather together to herald the whole church, the beginning of the celebration of our Lord's Paschal mystery. That is to say, of his passion and resurrection, for it was to accomplish this mystery that he entered his own city of Jerusalem. Therefore, with all faith and devotion, let us commemorate the Lord's entry into the city for our salvation, following in his footsteps, so that being made by his grace partakes of the cross, we may have a share also in the resurrection and in his life. Let us pray, O Almighty, ever-living God, sanctify, make the sign of the cross, these branches with your blessing, that we who follow Christ the King in exaltation may reach the eternal Jerusalem through him who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Okay. All right, so this is year C. So let's, uh, this is basically the third liturgical cycle year. This is the reading for um, all three cycles. It's from Isaiah 50, chapter 50, verse 4 to 7. My face I did not shield from buffets and spitting, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue that I might know how to speak to the weary, a word that will rouse them. Morning after morning, he opened my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled. I have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheek to those who plucked my beard. My face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help. Therefore, I am not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 22. <clears throat> Responses, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? All who see me scoff at me. They mock me with parted lips. They wag their heads. He relied on the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him if he loves him. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Indeed, many dogs surround me. A pack of evildoers closes in upon me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? They divide my garments among them 
and for my vesture they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far from me. O my help, hasten to aid me. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I will proclaim your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, give glory to him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Okay, now the next reading is from um, a letter of St. Paul to the Philippians, chapter 2, verse 6 to 11. Christ humbled himself because of this God greatly exalted him. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Christ Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Verse before the Gospel. Christ became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every above every name. Christ became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every every name. Christ became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Okay, these are the first readings. Again, this is uh, the readings for um, the 2022 Luke chapter 19, verse 28 to 40. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Okay, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus proceeded on his journey up to Jerusalem as he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples. He said, go into the village opposite you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tethered on with no one, uh, which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone should ask you, why are you untying it? You will answer, the master has need of it. So those who had been sent out, sent, sent off and found, and found everything just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, why are you untying this colt? 
They answered, The master has need of it. So they brought it to Jesus and threw their cloaks over the colt and helped Jesus to mount. As he rode along, the people were spreading their cloaks on the road. And now, as he was approaching the slope of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to praise God out loud with joy for all the mighty deeds they had they had seen. They proclaimed, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples, he said in reply, I tell you, if they keep silent, the stones will cry out. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Dear brethren, like the crowds who acclaim Jesus in Jerusalem, let us go forth in peace. Antiphon, the children of the Hebrews carrying olive branches, went to meet the Lord, crying out and saying, Hosanna in the highest. Psalm 24. The Lord's is the earth and its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. It is he who set, who set on, on the seas, on the rivers he made them. The children of the Hebrew carrying olive branches went to meet the Lord, crying out and saying, Hosanna in the highest. Who shall climb the mountain of the Lord, the clean of hands and the pure of heart, whose soul is not set on vain things, who has not sworn deceitful words? The children of the Hebrew carrying olive branches went to meet the Lord, crying out and saying, Hosanna in the highest. Blessings from the Lord shall he receive and right reward from the God who saved him. The children of the Hebrew carrying olive branches went to meet the Lord, crying out and saying, Hosanna in the highest. Okay, sorry. Okay. Blessings from the Lord shall receive and right reward from the God who saves him. Such are the people who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. The children of the Hebrew ca carrying olive branches went to meet the Lord, crying out and saying, Hosanna in the highest. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter the King of glory. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, the mighty, the valiant, the Lord, the valiant in war. The children of the Hebrews carrying olive branches went to meet the Lord, crying out and saying, Hosanna in the highest. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter the King of glory. Who is the King of glory? He is the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. The children of the Hebrew carrying olive branches went to meet the Lord, crying out and saying, Hosanna in the highest. Okay, and now we have another um, another psalm 
I'm guessing this could be alternate psalms they'll use. This is Psalm 47. And the antiphon is, The children of Hebrews spread their garments on the road, crying out and saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. All the people clap your hands, crying to God with shouts of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is awesome, the great King over all the earth. The children of the Hebrews spread their garments on the road, crying out with, and saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He humbles people under us and nations under our feet. Our heritage he chose for us, the pride of Jacob whom he loves. God goes up without, with shouts of joy. The Lord goes up with trumpet blast. The children of the Hebrews spread their garments on the road, crying out and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Sing praise for God. Sing praise. Sing, sing praise to our king. Sing praise. God is king of all the earth. Sing praise with all your skill. The children of the Hebrews spread their garments on the road, crying out and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. God reigns over the nations. God sits upon the holy thrones. The prince of the peoples are assembled with the people of the God of Abraham. The, ru the rulers of the earth belong to God, who is greatly exalted. The children of the Hebrews spread their garments on the road, crying out and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Okay. So I'll skip the, uh, well, there's a, here, a hymn to Christ the King, and I'm not going to sing it, but I'll, um, I'll skip singing it, but I'll read, uh, I'll recite it. Chorus. Glory and honor and praise be to you, Christ, King and Redeemer, to whom young children cried out loud, loving, Hosanna with joy. Glory and honor and praise be to you, Christ, our King and Redeemer. Israel's King are you, King David's magnificent offspring. You are the ruler who comes, blessed in the name of the Lord. Glory and honor and praise be to you, Christ, King and Redeemer. Heavenly hosts on high unite in saying, and singing your praise. Men and women on earth and all creation join. Glory and honor and honor and praise be to you, Christ, King and Redeemer. Bearing the branches of palm, Hebrews came, crowd crowding to greet you. See how with prayers and hymns we come to pray to pray you our vows, to pay you our vows. Glory and honor and praise be to you, Christ, King and Redeemer. They offered gifts of praise to you, so near to your passion. See how we sing this song now to you reigning on high. Glory and honor 
and praise be to you, Christ, King and Redeemer. Those who were ple who pleased to accept, those you were pleased to accept, now accept our gifts of devotion, good and merciful, King, lover of all that is good. Glory and honor and praise be to you, Christ, King and Redeemer. All right, so let's move on. This is the entrance antiphon. Um, okay, then we're going to go to the reading. Six days before the Passover, when the Lord came into the city of Jerusalem, the children ran to meet him. In their hands they carried palm branches, and with loud voices cried out, Hosanna in the highest, blessed are you who come who have come in your abundant mercy. O gates lift high your head lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter the King of Glory. Who is the King of Glory? He, the Lord of hosts, he is the King of Glory. Hosanna in the highest, blessed are you who've come in your abundant mercy. Amen. All right. So now this is going to be Luke chapter 22, 14. And it's going to go to chapter 23, 56. All right. And um, it's, it's going to be a long form. Um, they're probably going to do it like they would do a play, most likely, in uh, the church. You know, where they're going to break it up. It's usually how they like to do it. Okay, Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke. When the hour came, Jesus took his place at the table with the apostles, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I shall not eat it again until there, until there, is, until there is fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And he took the chalice gave thanks and said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I tell you that from this time on, I shall not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took the bread and said the blessing, broke it and gave it to, th to them saying, This is my body, which will be given for you. Do this in memory of me. And likewise the cup after they had they had eaten, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood, in my blood, which will be shed for you. And yet behold, the hand of the one who is to betray me is with me on the t on the table. For the Son of Man indeed goes as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to, to debate among themselves who among them would be would do such a such a deed. Then an argument broke out among them about which of them should be regarded as the greatest. He said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those in authority over them are addressed as benefactors, but among you it shall not be so. Rather, let the greatest among you be as the youngest and the leader as the servant for who is greater the one who seated at the table or the one who serves 
Is it not the one seated at the table? I among you as the one who serves. It is you who have stood by me in my trials, and I can, and I confer a kingdom on you, just as my father has conferred one on me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to sift all of you like wheat, but I have prayed that your own faith may not fail. And once you have turned back, you must strengthen your brothers. He said to him, Lord, I am prepared to go to, to prison and to die with you. But he replied, I tell you, Peter, before the cock crows this day, you will deny three times that you knew me. And he said to them, When I sent you forth without money, bag, or sack, or sandals, you were, in need, were you in need of, of anything? No, nothing. They replied, he said to them, But now one who has money bag should take it, and likewise a sack, and one who does not have a sword should sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you that the scripture must be fulfilled in me, namely, he was counted among the wicked, and indeed what is written about me among what is written about me is coming to fulfillment. Then he, they said, Lord, look, there are two swords here. But he replied, it is enough. Then going out, he went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives and the disciples followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, pray that you may not undergo the test. After withdrawing about a stone throw from them and kneeling, he prayed saying, Father, if you are willing to take this cup away from me, Still, not my will, but yours be done. And to strengthen him, an angel from heaven appeared to him. He was in such agony, he prayed for, so fervently that his sweat became like drops of blood falling on the ground. When he rose from prayer and returned to his disciples, he found them sleeping from, sleeping from grief. He said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not undergo the test. While he was still speaking, a crowd approached. In front was one of the twelve, a man named Judas. He went up to Jesus to kiss him. Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? His disciples realized what was about to happen, and they, and they asked, Lord, shall we strike with a sword? And one of them struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said in reply, Stop, no more of this. Then he touched the serpent's ear and healed him. And Jesus said to the chief priests and the temple guards and elders who had come to him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? Day after day I was with you in the temple area, and you did not seize me. But this is your hour the time for the, for the power of darkness. After arresting him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. 
Peter was following at a distance. They, they lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter sat down with them. When a maid saw him seated in the, in the light, she looked intently at him and said, This man, too, this man too was with him. But he denied it, saying, <clears throat> Woman, I do not know him. And a short while later, someone else saw him and said, You too are one of them. But Peter answered, My friend, I am not. And about an hour later still, another insisted, Assuredly, this man too was with him, for he also is a Galilean. But Peter said, My friend, I do not know what you are talking about. Just as he was saying this, the cock crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the words of, of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. He went out and began to weep bitterly. The men who held Jesus in custody were, were ridiculing and beating him. They blindfolded him and questioned him, saying, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they reviled him and saying many other things against him. When day came in the, the, the council of elders of the people met, both chief priest and scribe, and they brought him before the Sanhedrin, and they said, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he replied to them, If I tell you, you will not believe, and if I, and if I question, you will not respond. But from, a, but from this time on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. They all asked, are you then the Son of God? And he cried to them, You say that I am? Then they said, What further need have we for testimony? We have heard it from his own mouth. Then the whole assembly of them arose and brought him before Pilate. They brought charges against him, saying, We found this man misleading our people. He opposes the payment of taxes to Caesar and maintains that he is the Christ, a king. Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he said to him in reply, You say so? Pilate then addressed the chief priests and the crowds. I find this man not guilty. But they were adamant and said, He is inciting the people with his teaching. Throughout all Judea, from Galilee, where he began even to hear, on hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean, and upon hearing that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who, who was in Jerusalem at the time. Herod was very, was very glad to see Jesus, and he had been wanting to see him for a long time, for he had heard about him and had been hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at length, but he gave him no answer. The chief priests and the scribes, meanwhile, stood by, accusing him um, harshly. Herod and his soldiers treated him contemptuously and mocked him. And after clothing him in a resplendent garb, he sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate became friends that very day, even though they had been enemies formerly. Pilate then summoned the chief priests and rulers of the people 
and said to them, You brought this man to me and accused him of inciting the people to revolt. I have conducted my investigation on your, in your presence and have not found this man guilty of the charges you have brought against him. Nor did I, nor did Herod, for he sent him back to us. So no capital crime has been committed by him. Therefore I shall have him flogged and then release him. But altogether they shouted out, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Now Barabbas had been imprisoned for a rebellion that had taken place in the city and for murder. Again, Pilate addressed them, still wishing to release Jesus, but they continued their shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate addressed them a third time. What evil has this man done? I find him guilty of no capital crime. Therefore, I shall, ha I shall have him flogged and then release him. With loud shouts, however, they persisted in calling for his crucifixion, and their voices prevailed. The verdict of Pilate was that their demand should be granted. So he released the man who had been imprisoned for rebellion and murder for whom they asked, and he handed Jesus over to them to deal with as they wished. And as they led him away, they took hold of a certain Simon, a Cyridian, who was coming in from the country. And after, after laying the cross on him, they made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd of people followed Jesus, including many women who mourned and lamented him. Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep instead for yourselves and for your children, for indeed the days are coming when people will say, Blessed are the barren, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. At that time people will say to the mountains, Fall upon us, and to the hills, cover us. For if these things are done when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Now, two others, two other others, both criminals, were led away with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, Golgotha, they crucified him and the criminals there, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They divided his garments by casting lots. The people stood by and watched. The rulers, meanwhile, sneered at him and said, He saved others, let him save himself. If he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him, and as they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that, said, that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The others, however, rebuking him and said in reply, Have you no fear of God? The other, however, rebuking him, and said in reply, Have you no fear of God, 
for you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned just, justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon because of an eclipse of the sun. Then the veil of the temple was torn down the middle. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. And here we kneel and pause for a short time. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son of God the Father, for by your holy cross you have redeemed the whole world. The centurion who witnessed what had happened glorified God and said, This man was innocent beyond doubt. When all the people who had gathered for this spectacle saw what had happened, they returned home, beating their breasts, but all his acquaintances stood at a distance, including the women who had followed him from Galilee and saw these events. Now, there were, now there was a virtuous and righteous man named Joseph, who, though he was a member of the council, had not consented to their plan of, of action. He came from the Jewish town of Arimathea and was awaiting the kingdom of God. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And after he had taken the body down, he wrapped, he wrapped it in a linen cloth and laid him in a rock-hewn tomb, which no one had yet been buried. It was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women had come from Galilee with him, followed behind, and when he had seen the tomb and the way in which the body was laid in it, they returned and prepared spices and perfumed oils. Then they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandments. The Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. For by your holy cross, you have redeemed and saved the whole world. Okay, prayer uh, over the offerings. Uh, well, I'll read it here. Through the passion of your only begotten Son, O Lord, may our reconciliation with you be near at hand, so that though we do not merit it by our own deeds, Yet by this sacrifice made once and for all, we may feel already the effects of your mercy through Christ our Lord. Okay. So, this is the reading for this Sunday.
So now once more, we are invited to take part in Holy Week. We are invited to to join our our Lord um, through this one of the most important times, one of the most important holy festivals in in Christianity, in Catholicism, um, a time to to get intimate with God. We're we're invited to be intimate with with our Lord throughout the year. But I mean, for me, for someone who's a convert, this is probably the best and most beautiful time of the year. I love Holy Week. Uh, I wish I wish I could be successful in my penance. I wish I could be successful in my fasting, unfortunately, because we don't live in a um, in a Catholic culture. That's probably making a very poor excuse. But I love... I love the I love Lent and I love the time of the year when we when we get close to our Lord when we come to this week when we read the passages of scripture it's just beautiful I find it so beautiful. It's, to me, it's just fantastic because the mood, the mood, something about it becomes hopeful. Something about it brings, um, it just brings a sense of intimacy. We get closer to him. We strive to be closer to him, even though it's poor, it fails. We come, we, we get closer and he, you can sense he draws us closer to him. He wants, he wants us. This is a, a very mystical, a mystical moment. You don't have to see anything through faith, but you just know through faith that this is a very intimate moment. The reading of scriptures, passages, Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, um, the Gospels, the the. Palm Sunday, the beginning of Palm Sunday. It's just beautiful. And, you know, it's, we should have, when it comes to this, we should have gratitude. 
that God has given us something like this. That God has given us this this beautiful gift. And and we should have gratitude throughout the whole year. You know, besides the fact that our, 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 our weakness, our sinfulness, our failures, we should all have gratitude that God has given us a church, that God has given us the sacraments, that God has given us his presence, the church, you know, the church throughout the year in our whole lives, the gift of getting closer to him, it's beautiful. You know, it's just plain, it's just absolutely beautiful. You know, I'm recording this a little late, a day late, finishing, finishing it a day late. But, you know, there's that film that Mark Wahlberg just finishes coming out this Holy Week. It's called Father Stew. And it looks like a beautiful film. It looks... It looks fantastic. I like, I, I'm hoping I'll get a chance to see it. It's just beautiful. About a man who was a boxer. He tried to become an actor. He, he gets introduced. His in, introduction to the Catholic faith, his exposure to the Catholic faith comes from falling in love with a, uh, a young Hispanic woman. And, you know, he, he, you know, I think he converts and then what happens is he gets into an accident and then he gets, um, you know, he basically gets exposed to the mercy of the faith. And this is, this is the beautiful thing. We, you know. God introduces himself through others, through the faith of others. He shows his mercy to us. He, he introduces his mercy to us through others. Like how would he know to become Catholic, to, to be introduced to the Catholic faith? Not just through scripture, Sometimes that doesn't cut it. I know a lot of people who who are very sincere about their faith, like Protestants. But they have to understand, Jesus was a person. He was God, and and he was also a human person. And he introduced... He introduced himself to, to, uh, to the world in that fashion. Right? The apostles heard the scriptures every single day of their lives. From, from the time they were little children. When they, when, when they were little children, when they were old enough to understand what, what the scriptures were saying to them. They heard it every single day. But they got introduced to God in Jesus Christ. Andrew heard the word of God being preached every single day of his life. And somehow what drew him closer to the faith 
what drew him closer to God was meeting John the Baptist. He might have been introduced to John the Baptist through another friend. He might have might have been like that. But it was John the Baptist that drew him closer. That God drew Andrew closer. And the other sons, the um, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, same thing. So the incarnation more than scripture, God becoming flesh was the key. Now, this is not the only way God can do it, right? So in Father Stew, which Mark Wahlberg plays, the man suddenly discovers the beauty of God. Suddenly, he goes from some guy who's been searching for some meaning and purpose in life, uh, boxing, acting, uh, getting himself into trouble with the law, uh, meeting a beautiful, a beautiful, lovely, lovely young Catholic lady, um, and then suddenly wants to become a priest. And to some people, meeting, if you look at the story, and the way Mark Wahlberg presents it, it's kind of hilarious. Like, we think to ourselves, he's not priestly material. Well, I don't think the apostles were were considered that either when you look at them, right? They were fishermen. What about Ambrose? I mean, not Ambrose, uh, St. Augustine. St. Augustine was not priestly material, right? Francis of Assisi never became a priest. He became a deacon. But when you look at his reputation... He was a, a, you know, just like St. Augustine, he was a, a a playboy, not priestly material, not ministry material. So we have to remember what God said to Samuel about uh, when he when he sent him out to look for David. God doesn't look at the appearances; he looks at the heart. Right, and. And that's what God does. God looks at the heart. <laughs> and he became a priest. Father Stu became a priest. Sadly, it wasn't a long career because he was affected by, um, I think, multiple sclerosis. But he became quite an amazing priest. He became an amazing preacher. He fought for God. You know, when he went to the archdiocese, they rejected him. They did not want him to become priestly material, uh, ordain him a priest. But he, he didn't give up. He didn't give up. He reminded them. I mean, none of the apostles had that quality. And I think a lot of, a lot of times we have to remember what we see is not what God sees. God doesn't see or think 
will make judgments based on our own intellect and our nature. He does, he does it according to his, which we should be thankful. And, you know, that's, I think we need more films like this. It looks like a great film. Yes, it's going to be, um, how was, how was it? It's going to be, it's going to be reflect real life. It's going to reflect, I was going to use other words to try to, uh, to, to express like the language and everything. It's going to have real life language. It's going to have real life words. Okay. It's not going to be polished because life is not polished. God did not come into a polished world. All right. He, Jesus on the street, he heard some foul language. He smelled foul things. He saw foul behavior. Okay. Okay. He saw, um, he saw and lived in our world, in our real world with foul things. So trying to polish something up because it might be embarrassing. Maybe it might, you know, you think to yourself, it's just not proper. We got to stop that. We got to stop that because you know what? It, it's prudish. And you can't shield, you can't shield everybody. And I think as Catholics, if we're going to win over converts, if we're going to win people over to the faith, that our faith should reflect reality. Our saints reflect reality. Okay? You can't keep <clears throat> taking something and polishing it up. No, it just doesn't work that way. Real life isn't that way. The crucifixion was real life. The crucifixion is real life. And I think the problem is we we Catholics, because we're, you know, we've always been uncomfortable, I mean, especially in the past, uncomfortable about sex, uncomfortable about words, uncomfortable about um, you know, we, we you know we, we picked up this puritanical um, yeah, of course, you shouldn't expose little kids to it. Little kids shouldn't go see the film. They're not ready for it. But I think maybe that is the re that, that is why. I think, remember, about a couple of weeks ago, it was about Saturday, and about this young nun, <clears throat> and she was trying to teach catechism, and these kids... You know, they were embarrassed to be in a catechism class or something, and they didn't want to take off their mask. Maybe that's what I think the, the formula I was looking for. Reality. There's a scene in the film. I didn't see it. I'm sorry, but there's a scene in the trailer where he goes to, he goes to prison, and he's talking to these guys who are doing time. And he mentions to them, so you only get one phone call. 
what happens when you try, you, you, you don't got anybody out there who gives up S. I'll, you know, I'll try to keep it because since this is a, you know, for some people, you know, crap. It doesn't give a crap. It's a different word, but a crap what you got to say. When no one out there gives a crap what you got to got what you have to say. And that, what are you going to do with that one phone call? I'm, you know, I'm expressing it. I haven't seen the whole film, so I'll see it hopefully soon. But you got to talk to God. God cares what we have to say. And he doesn't take, doesn't take a quarter or 50 cents or whatever the, the amount is these days. It doesn't matter. He cares. He'll listen. So that's that's the beauty of it. Gibson plays his dad in the movie. Both parents, from what I heard later on, get baptized. His mom and dad, Father Stu's parents, while he was on a, gar a gurney, he was, you know, Ambulance brought him over and they both got baptized. You know, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that fantastic? It's a beautiful story about the Catholic faith. And very and done to contemporary needs of the time that we live in. And I think it's, you know, I think we should thank God for this. That we, at least we have artists out there that are making these beautiful um, films and especially Catholics like Mel Gibson and Mark Wilberg and the Catholic religion we need you know we need people to do this and we need more artwork like this that reflect real life you know that show people what the faith is You know, it's, you know, Catholicism has had the fight taken out of it. Unfortunately, its ability to communicate repentance, its ability to talk about sin, its ability to, to talk about things. Unfortunately, it has been neutered, neutered politically neutered socially, you know, uh, we've been humiliated, embarrassed, you know, by weak, weak shepherds, weak bishops, uh, priests like Father James Martin, you know, and what happened was now the barbarians are at the gate. They, they're at the gate. They're at the border. And I'm not talking about immigrants. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about uh, 
the immoral barbarians, the barbarians of political correctness, the barbarians of uh, gender equality, the barbarians of about abortion, the barbarians about desecrating the sacrament of marriage and all these things. They're at the border. They've taken over our schools. They've taken over our catechism classes. They've taken over our priesthood. They've taken over everything. And we, unfortunately, we've been infiltrated. They climbed over the walls into into the city of God. And look what happened. The devil was smart. He, you know, he was smart. He, he figured out basically the type of ideas. The ideas came through human beings. Karl Marx and everybody. Language. Uh, reinterpretation of history. All that stuff. The confusion of of gender. He figured it out. And used them as all the arsenals he can use to, to undermine the word of God. Well, maybe now that we're waking up, we'll know how to talk to the world. Maybe we need to, more people like fathers do more priests that can teach us how to talk. You know, teach us not to be afraid. And we need that. And thank goodness for movies like this. I hope he does get to be a canonized saint. I hope he gets to be... We need we need more priests like that. Alrighty, so <clears throat> let's... Um, Let's realize this important thing that, you know, in, in our Christian faith is real. It's real. Christ is real. Passion week is weak, is real. All right. It's encountering Reality, the reality of Jesus Christ, the reality of the incarnation, the reality of faith. God wanted to be one of us. He wanted to experience our world. He wanted to experience, he wanted to experience it and he wanted to make it holy. Our pain to be used as a weapon. Our imagination, that's another beautiful thing. You know, our imagination is a gift from God and it can be used. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine, you know, the the beautiful thing also, another beautiful Catholic artist is J.R. Tolkien, the Lord of the Rings. You know, Tolkien figured out you know, for him, he had a very active imagination. And he also loved the Catholic faith because his mother converted. 
He used his imagination to communicate Catholic, the Catholic faith through fantasy by creating a sub-world, a, a world of his imagination where he played out doctrines. Like the other day I heard someone say that Tolkien was often been accused of dualism. They thought that there was a, a, a certain du, um, dualistic approach to good and evil. That as though the God of good and the God of evil. And that's, and that's not true. But Tolkien often, what he did was, he, he did what, 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 he, what he believed as a Catholic, that God permitted that appearance. Not that it was real. It was not true. Absolutely not. There is no dualism. There's, there's, there is God. And there is other creatures that may have the appearance of God, but they're not God. Because we often say, like, we, we come to this point, whenever horrible things happen, how could God permit such a thing? It looks like as though, you know, to some people, like as though evil is going to win, Right? Like World War Two, or immorality, right? It looks like we're outnumbered, and that God permits it, not to bring defeat, but to bring hope. And if he and if he's not going to get it from us, if he when we're not going to, because it looks because a lot of people, and I know this well, a lot of people. Um, it looks hopeless. Well, he wants it to look hopeless. Not that he wants us to lose. He's trying to get us to be, to, to step up to the plate and to be holy, to, to, to become the weapon he wants us to be. You know, you see this like, why the ring? Why this one ring? And everybody wants it. It's not like it's going to do any good to anybody, right? No. The ring itself, by itself, I mean, it remained 60 years, right, in the book, in the story, in the hands of Gollum, of all people. And then suddenly, <clears throat> when an opportunity came for the ring to leave Gollum, it left him and went into the hands of another hobbit, Bilbo Baggins. Or, you know, actually, with Gollum, it was more than a 60 years. It was almost thousands of years, thousands of years, excuse me, but it remains 60 years in, Frodo, in uh, Bilbo Baggins' hands. And it goes from there. It, it, it goes to a, a hobbit that has friends with one of the angelic beings sent into our world, into the world of the Middle-earth, which is Gandalf. And then finally Frodo inherits the ring. The ring found itself, when it wanted to get closer to its master, it, got, it wound up getting closer to, to the good guys. You see how it worked? It didn't, it didn't get closer to evil. 
it wound up moving away from evil into the hands of good, who were, who were, who finally realized they had the one ring and they had to make a choice to destroy it. They had to figure out a way to destroy it. They took the res their responsibility, they stepped up and realized we got to do something about this in order to save the world. So you see, in a sense, God is in control. You just don't, see, you don't have to see him. You don't have to hear him. You just have to know he's there. And that's the point Tolkien is trying to show is that good always, always steps up to the plate. Even when a lot of people don't want to step up to the plate, when a lot of people are lazy and indifferent. That's an amazing thing. So you see, God in the incarnation of Jesus Christ was always in control. An instrument of torture might have looked like defeat, but it was it was God's weapon. Anyway, so I'm going to close it up right now. Let's go to the closing prayer. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born, be, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. So, we, we're now in Holy Week, and we should pray that we should pray that those who strayed away from the faith, who, who, um, for whatever reason, whatever reason may have caused them to abandon their faith or just to walk away from the faith, um, who may found themselves by grace, uh, attending Holy Week, experiencing Holy Week, um, we pray for a conversion. We pray for them to return back to the faith, regardless what their circumstances may be, that they may come back to the faith.
um, we ask God to hear our prayer and we ask, we ask that graces may be given out. Okay, we'll, we'll pray a Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And we also pray for those who could be struggling with their faith, struggling with uh, whatever personal sins they're going through or struggling through um, whatever could be family Um that grace will be given to them, that grace will be given to them so they can persevere and stay in their faith. Um, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And also for those who are being tempted to compromise their faith, to make excuses and compromise their faith with the spirit of the world. We, we pray for the grace to persevere and to, to reject that temptation. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. We also um, we pray for vo more vocations. We pray for uh, more strong, conservative priests. We pray for um, men who uh, know their faith and reject the world because when they become a priest, they have to reject the world. They have to turn their back on all the vanities of the world, all of the devil's empty promises, and only look to Christ. We need people with conviction. We need men with conviction. We need men who are like the apostles who abandoned everything for Christ. Okay, not we need we need men like that, not Judas's. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, at the hour of our death. Amen. And we we pray for the Pope, Pope Francis, Pope Benedict as well, uh, Emeritus Benedict as well. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And we, um, we pray... We pray for the church. We pray that God will give her the grace she needs. We pray for, um, we have to pray for also, we have to pray for Catholics who are in public office. We have to pray for those Catholics who are in public office to, to reject the spirit of the world, to, 
to not be afraid and to stand up for Christ and realize that the policies they make will affect also their relationship with God, will also affect them eternally. That they have to realize that they that they serve a greater good, not compromise with the world. That they have to have good policies that could say that, that will save people, that will also save souls. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.